Today we are going to be recapping episode 207, Como La Flor. Uh, before we get started, though, we wanted to say thank you to everybody for all of the response we got for uh, last week's episode, which was a lot. And uh, we got a lot of comments and questions, and then we got a lot of positive feedback when the episode came out, and we're really grateful. And uh, so thank you guys for listening and letting us know what you thought. All right, so episode 207 was very uh, Orteco-centered, and we're going to start by talking about Rosa. Uh, She is apparently trying to learn to control her new abilities, um, which was weird to me because, you know, she had enough control over it to give Max the exact jolt he needed, but now all of a sudden she can't control her powers. But Which... Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you would think like, because you could say, oh, she was able to harness it in that moment because she was, you know, like her emotions. But then, of mm-hmm. course, we saw with the car, I mean, she can't control her emotions and with the light bulb. So, I mean, it doesn't really make any sense about, you know, when she's able to actually like concentrate on it. I don't know. It's like, oh, clearly it's tied to her emotions. But. Yeah. And she was emotional in that scene with Max dying, but yet she still had control. So, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. I don't know what, and I don't necessarily know. It's exciting to see like her learn what her powers really are, like yeah. to the extent of what she has them. But um, she is basically like a, like a teenage alien. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. a super young alien. She doesn't really know what she's doing. So she has like all the control of like a 12 year old, but the mind of an older person so i like the juxtaposition even if it doesn't always make sense um one thing i really liked about that first scene when they're working on her powers is how uncomfortable she was with max and how comfortable Mm -hmm. she was expressing that okay draw energy from your spine no don't touch me look you resurrected me i jump-started your heart we're good that doesn't mean that i need to like you or trust you or want you around you are the one who told me over and over again in my sleep how dangerous you are i started drinking again to shut you up so i'm sorry if i'm not super pumped that you're banging my sister Mm -hmm. because i really didn't want them to kind of wipe away the interactions that they had you know I would be afraid of him, too, if he had spent weeks telling her, you can't bring me back. I'm dangerous. You know. Right. Every time Rosa yells at Max, I gain 10 years on my on my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because she's getting to say all the things that Liz never really got to say. I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's OK. You know, maybe she shouldn't just also be weird around Max. You know, probably all the aliens would be, you know, she would be a little weird around all of them. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I know it's my bias, but I love when she does that. Have we um, seen her interact with Michael yet? No, right? No. no. Not really. She was asleep during that Maria, Michael, and Rosa thing. Mm. Okay. Um, I think they would be hilarious together. Uh, I'm ready yeah. to see some of their interactions. I bet it would be so good. Just so snarky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because as we'll see, I mean, R- Rosa and Isabel, those were great. It was nice to see Rosa with like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, that's our next thing to talk about. And I think that we have some differing opinions on this. So the Rosa and Isabel scenes in this episode, which I I personally liked. Um, I thought they were cute. I, I like their scenes together. I like them, but I'm still uncomfortable with how comfortable Isabel is touching Rosa. So that's what really doesn't click for me, but... The rest of it was, I mean, they have a cute dynamic. I still think that probably they should have had a more in-depth conversation about their, you know, their history. I think we should but, just give um, up. I think we should just give up on getting in-depth conversations. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not that as a joke, <laughs> but I mean, like, because every, you know, yeah. every time I'm like, man, I can't wait for that conversation that never yeah. happens. And then it doesn't so happen. So it's like, okay, yeah. well. 
So we just have to accept everything on face value. I'm ambivalent about their scenes. I don't really care. I mean, it's fine. They, it was mm-hmm. whatever. I, I was kind of how I felt about the whole episode. Um, I want her to have other people to talk to. And if Isabel's yeah. one of those, because mm-hmm. it's got to be really weird for Rosa, because before before Isabel ostensibly killed her, which obviously wasn't Isabel, they were, you know, mm-hmm. be- they were becoming friends. And she was becoming mm-hmm. like a confidant for Rosa when she was younger. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be opposed to that being true now, again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always going to be weird with the age thing, though, because yeah. I don't really know where Rosa really falls. I mean, she has her her actual age of 31, but clearly she's still, like, 19, like, in, emotionally. So I, it's almost like I want her to have friends her age, but I don't know which age. It's very strange. All right, um, let's move on to this storyline that I'm really glad that they haven't dropped this season, which is oh, Rosa's yeah. mm-hmm. destructive tendencies and her continuing yeah. struggle with sobriety. Mm-hmm. I I was afraid when they had, like, when Max came back and all of a sudden she didn't need to drink anymore to get the voices out or, you know, whatever. I was afraid they were going to drop it, and I'm glad that they haven't. Um, I wrote in my notes when she started... Um, dousing her mom's car with gasoline that I I actually love her destructive tendencies. I love that they it continues to be a thing. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad she didn't if intentionally set the car on fire. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of like her growing a little bit. Right. Yeah. But I mean, this, you know, it for all this show again wants you know to bring up these like really big topics and then you know kind of fizzle towards the end or not really give a resolution i have been pleasantly surprised with letting rosa um not just be magically fixed um that's been Mm. you know fear since day one um i mean not only and i you know what timing this is but not only is she having to deal with being back but she's immensely isolated. I mean, now mm-hmm. her sphere of people mm-hmm. that she gets to talk to is three, you know, uh, Liz, Max, and Isabel. But I mean, that's mm-hmm. still, you know, that's still not a lot. Or and Arturo, mm-hmm. um, you know, she doesn't really get to interact with other people or be out, you know, in mm-hmm. Roswell and sort of adjusting to life, which I think we're going to see, if I'm not wrong with the promos next week, she's going to finally be allowed out of that house it's kind of funny that these episodes are airing right now where rosa <laughs> can't leave the house i know yeah I know. It's so it has, timely. Like, two people she can interact with because uh same rosa yeah same that was a very beautiful scene with her with the pills at the mm-hmm. end i mean as painful as it was um i mean it's that's that's rosa's reality it's mm-hmm. very realistic mm-hmm. you know i mean she's it's hard to when something that has always been a crutch for you is right in front of you. I mean, it's not a weakness. Absolutely not. I mean, it's just, you know, anybody that ever struggles with an addiction, whether it be nicotine or food or, you know, opioid, I mean, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, that, that desire for that never really goes away. And I, I, that was really beautiful. That was really hard to watch actually. Yeah. Again, the only the one thing this show does well is the music, and the music oh, yeah. over that scene was really great. Mm-hmm. So, I if if we can say nothing else at the end <laughs> when Roswell eventually ends, is that the music is always good. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about uh, the Orteco family. They got a new, or I guess returning edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, their mother Helena who we've heard about, you know, since the show started. And now we finally get to see her. Mm -hmm. So Helena arrives back in Roswell and um, we learn that she's there to sign over her half of the diner to Liz so they can work on Arturo's citizenship, which is another thing I'm glad that they haven't dropped. Right. Um, And I loved seeing Liz's reaction to Helena arriving because, you know, as, as, sassy and kind of you know in control she is most of the time it i think helena makes liz vulnerable and that was nice to see yeah the best line and my favorite line and probably the whole episode um was whoa you are not coming to dinner mom is an opportunist she found out she had a kid who came back from the dead she would use you to get to anderson cooper and then she'd use him to promote her latest lounge singer gig i'm not leaving you alone with hurricane elena liz mom is your kryptonite 
Because she turns you into this needy little spider monkey who's like desperate for her attention and then she's gone and you're crying under the covers for a week. It's not... To you, mom just left. But I took your advice and I stopped believing in her a long time ago. I can handle dinner, okay? All I want is for her to sign that contract and go. You know, Rosa tried to be protective over Liz and then Liz saying, to you, this just happened. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, but to me, she's been dealing with this for a very long time. You know, Liz has been, had time to deal with it. And I think it's another moment where Rosa has to adjust to, you know, Liz has had to put on this armor for a lot longer and she's had to deal with that pain for a lot longer. And I really loved that interaction because it's true. I mean, not that it ever stops becoming painful as we see later. Liz is clearly upset, but um, she's had some time to step back and live her life without her. Mm -hmm. Because now how, when did her mom leave? Like how long has it been now? I don't think that they specified, did they? But it was probably pretty soon before Liz's That's what it, it felt like. It felt like they were saying like it, 10 years ago during the flashbacks, it was like, Kind of around that time, okay. Yeah, yeah, around around prom time because Liz still had hope that her mom would come back for prom. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Which, when she went up to get the prom pictures, and she came back down, and you could kind of see for a second that she kind of had this hope that, not that they would repair their their relationship, but that it, there would be maybe something to kind of bridge the gap there and just kind of that hope in Liz's eyes just for that second was really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. You never stop wanting your parent to give you validation. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter how long. Um, I think that that's true for everyone on the show, even Alex, like, you know, there's no, there's always going to be a part of you that wants your parent to be a good parent. Um, And and you're always going to have that little bit of hope. So that hope can always be dashed. And that's the saddest part of this whole thing (laughs) is that you know Liz has sort of learned to guard herself but just like anyone else she's going to let that down a little bit and just maybe maybe her mother has changed clearly not Mm -hmm. yeah I did I did love that they didn't actually um redeem Mm -hmm. the mom um because I feel like it would have invalidated Liz and Rosa's feelings um and I love that speech that um Liz has when she finds out that her mom took the ring and she's like one of the lines that I loved about that when she said I cannot believe you would take this you lost all rights to this family heirloom when you abandoned our family Rosa pushed me away she told me to leave Rosa was a teenager heartbroken because you lied to her her whole life you were the parent okay she was a child I was a child um and then when she said that she was trying to be perfect to just get like the crumbs of her mom's love mm-hmm. um which as you just said i think it, it it parallels nicely with with alex a little bit um of course elena's abuse or parenting is not on the same level as jesse's but um but I think there's this nice correlation with what I think Trevor said this at a panel that is the difference difference between affection and love mm-hmm. and attachment for parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I think that's kind of the um, yeah. the parallel that there is there that they think they think that they are loving their kids and what the truth of the matter is that they're just attached to them. And and at the end of the day, what they end up doing is hurting them. Well, and I think in Jesse's case, he hey, he has a sense of ownership about. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I feel free to edit this out. I just this is a little bit cathartic for me because it's it's almost I don't want to say nice. That's not what I mean. But to have it be the mother figure that is this way because mm-hmm. you know we get you know we've seen it on television. A million times where it's sort of the dad who leaves and doesn't give affection. Mm-hmm. Be- so the underlying theme really is that, you know, that's that old tired stereotype that women are inherently, you know, maternal or soft or, or you know, protective of their children, which that may be true. But, you know, women are also fallible and sometimes become mothers when they shouldn't have been or don't want to be. And so to mm-hmm. see that. Where it's the woman who leaves um, was really interesting to me. Um, because moms aren't just automatically perfect, as we've seen, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to see that, rather than it always being sort of a deadbeat dad. 
Right. Because instead of a deadbeat, we have Arturo, who is literally the best TV dad ever created. Yes. That is the next uh, discussion point, is we have Helena as the worst parent ever, and we have Arturo as the best dad. I want him to be my dad. Um, Yeah. He's just so good. And he just... I love that he... His his whole motivation on the show seems to be his just pure love for his girls. And... and of course, of course, Arturo loves Rosa no matter what. Like, of, I mean, it doesn't even, I had a feeling he knew anyway. I mean, I had a, because I don't, I didn't feel like they would drop two huge bombs on Arturo in one season. Like, of course he knew. And it didn't matter because why, it, why should it? And um, he's just, he just loves Rosa and Liz. And just in a pure, just, what a great parent. I mean, I, I just watch all of his uh, scenes and, you know, I wish that he would get a little bit more, like a little bit more of a meaty role in the show. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for now, the scenes that we see, it's just, it's so beautiful. I just, I loved everything about that. My favorite, my, probably my favorite scene in the whole episode is when he's talking to Liz. Dad, I, uh, what I said about Jim Valenti. I never wanted you to know. Oh, Liz. I knew. I always knew, and it never mattered. Rosa es mi hija. Siempre y para toda la vida. When he tells her, you know, she's still my child forever, like that. Oh, I, I like got tears in my eyes. It's totally yeah. like just Arturo is the only person on Roswell that actually matters. I mean, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, unproblematic fave. All right. Um, next, we're going to talk about, and I, I know this might shock our listeners, but uh, we have we positive have things. positive things to say about Max. So I loved Max in this episode. I loved his scenes with the Ortecos. Um, I love that he was kind of included in that family dinner. I think it says a lot about his and Liz's relationship and where it's at. Um, Must be nice. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, I liked that he was kind of trying to placate Helena at one point with the dancing. And um mm-hmm. I just I really liked him in this episode. And then at the at the end, when he's protecting them, really, I mean, he goes and gets the ring back from Helena. And mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much threatens her not to come back. Mm-hmm. And I I love that. I think he I think he cares about the Ortecos beyond just Liz. I think he cares about Arturo and Rosa. Um, one thing about that scene, though, is I am that scene at the car rental place. I am 100 mm-hmm. percent convinced that Max is not Max. Yeah. Um, I won the dad sweater at the beginning of the episode. Hot. I'm sorry. I can just say it. Yes. I mean, Amanda has a thing for dad sweaters. I, no matter what else you could say about anybody, Nathan is a very attractive man. Okay. So thanks for the dad sweater. Good choice. Two, I do like Max is perfect for me and, and palatable for me when A, when he's with Liz. It be he's a background character. <laughs> yeah. He's just a yes. supportive <laughs> buttress to the Orteco scenes. He did great. Yeah. He's like a perfect support system for Liz. I, you know, he calms the situation down, which is ironic. This mm-hmm. is how you, I, why I think he's not Max. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, you know, knew the right things to say. He's exactly what Liz needed. Perfect. Perfect shipper material. Good for them. Um, absolutely don't think that that's max mm. yeah <laughs> um he's the, too perfect yeah the sort of hinting the, the hinting that he likes to be submissive and you know like i'm just saying this feels noah like it feels noah like so i would not be surprised not that he is noah or, or maybe maybe he is but he is definitely not max right all right we we touched on it briefly but i think we do need to acknowledge the line where he Talks about being submissive to Liz. Is she this bossy in the bedroom? <laughs> I love how strong-willed she is. Plus, I kind of like being bossed around. And it is Max gets pegged. Uh, it's canon yeah, to yeah, me. For sure. Which is why I think he's Noah. But yeah. 
there's a new kink in town and it's max out of that pod discovered something he liked just saying that's awesome explore your kinky side max all right do we have anything else to say about the artecos oh um the lipstick liz's lipstick a fantastic choice oh yeah that Mm -hmm. armor it looked so good it was like the it was almost like the focus when i was watching because well it's meant to be and it was just such a beautiful um part of the scene like you could tell she was sort of drawing strength Mm -hmm. from her family around her and that and it was just perfect that you know i very rarely can say scenes are perfect but i but the liz and helena towards the end and and telling her to leave and there's nothing for her here was like perfect dialogue this is Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. was the the liz that i want to see don't come back there's nothing left for you here For what it's worth, I really did want to see you. All right. So let's get to our favorite part of the episode. Kyle naked. Kyle and Steph. (laughs) That was the point, wasn't it? That was the whole episode. Oh, wait, there was another person? There was another person there? Oh, no, no. Just me and my dreams. Just Kyle and his shoulders. That is all that we need to talk about right now. <laughs> Trevino, what is your workout routine? Sweet Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there was another person in that scene, and those and <laughs> that was Steph. And I mean, no disrespect to Justina. I, no. She is beautiful. It's not the actress. Mm-hmm. And she's not a bad actress. This just this character mm-hmm. is terrible. I get the point, right? They're supposed to have that flirty antagonistic thing, right? Like, we get it, right? Because that's sort of what Michael and Maria have. That's sort mm-hmm. of what we've, you know, you've seen on TV shows forever. Mm-hmm. You can't just make someone randomly antagonistic without also making them likable. Like, if you make them anta- antagonistic and not likable, they're just assholes. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not flirty and cool. Mm-hmm. She seems like a Republican. Well, didn't and she said something in the their first scene about like contemplating the downfall of civilization due to progressive socialism. Yeah, and I wanted to reach to the screen and punch her in the face. So you think Kyle, sweet, perfect, kind, wonderful Kyle, deserves to be with a Republican? Of all the egregious mistakes this show has made, this, she better not be real. I know she's not a ghost. Everyone has has made clear to tell me that that's not probably true. But come on. Like, I I felt nothing. I felt nothing during their sex scene or the kiss. Like, I felt nothing. Because there's no lead up. There's no, I mean, don't be wrong. Seeing Kyle kiss anyone is a fun little adventure for me. But I mean... He has more chemistry with Max Evans mm-hmm. than he does with Steph. So there's the plot twist. Um, I guess my problem, if you can call it that, with Kyle, Kyle and Steph is kind of similar with what I have in my notes for my Luca later on. Um, we didn't see any relationship development. They had like four scenes together. Mm-hmm. Which they, okay, they were like some kind of flirty, but there's no actual story there. So why would I care? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen them around no one else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Characters only work if they're integrated with everyone else in the show. If you can see their chemistry with everyone, if you can see. So what this tells me is that there's zero investment in Steph as a character. I mean, it's just like on a soap opera. The only reason you, the only way you know someone is going to be around and get good storylines is if they have been integrated fully into the community in that show. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing here. So, I mean, as I fully believe to just, we're never going to see Steph again once we figure out her ultimate goal here. I mean. Yeah. Well, and I've kind of avoided social media for the show um, in the last week. I did see something on Twitter with Karina talking about their is something to Steph and we're going to see it soon. I've seen evil twin, evil twin and ghost are the two theories, which I mean, she's got to be evil, right? She's got to be bad. I mean, I don't know why else. I mean, first of all, she's a Republican. 
she's got to be evil. <laughs> like, sorry if anyone listening is a Republican, but what are you doing here? Um, I, that's that's my assumption is that she's going to end up. But uh, mm-hmm. then again, I don't want Kyle to be hurt. He doesn't mm-hmm. deserve that at all. So whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Just give her a personality. I mean, but one love interest a season has to be evil. That's true. If it's not Forrest, if it's not Maria, maybe it's Max. Mm-hmm. It's a CW show. One of them has to be evil. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I feel like it's also a kind of, uh, I don't know how to put this. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I feel like they rely a lot on, I think I've already said this before, but they rely a lot on them being a man and a woman. And so, of course, they like each other. And of course, their relationship makes sense. Well, I mean, and that was one of my that was one of my notes for the Kyle and Stephanie's one of the few I I had wrote down because I completely zoned out was what kind of straight nonsense is this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just straight people like they they shared one scene and all of a sudden Kyle's turning down Isabel for Steph. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we're going to move on. Um to another just topic we love. Mm-hmm. Everybody take a deep breath. Um, all of the My Luca scenes that happened in this episode. Um, it's just very much, it's another, to me, it's another example of the show just refuses to show us the progression. They just tell us this is where they're at. And all of a sudden, Michael and Maria are just like stupid in love with each other and mm-hmm. everything's wonderful mm-hmm. and everything's beautiful and we're just supposed to Which would have been fine kind of- if we didn't know that just two episodes ago they weren't speaking. It had been weeks since they they spoke. Yeah. Last episode, all they did was go through this like weird horror movie montage thing and then the threesome. And then now this is where they are. I'm not saying, of course... The beginning of a relationship, you would be sort of gross and in love and really sweet. That's not, of course. Mm-hmm. But we never, they never built it up. So everything's forgiven. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, did Ma- did Maria, f- was the threesome Maria's way of saying, I forgive you for not telling me? Was there never, I don't know. That's, it's so, it's, that's the most irritating part is that there's just no, there's no substance to it yeah. because I don't. I don't care. Not only from a shipper's standpoint, but just from a narrative standpoint. Like you stop tell stop telling me. Yeah. Um I have a lot of things to say. First is apparently Alex has a magic ma- matchmaking deck that just resolves any problem in a relationship. <laughs> but he's then he's taken out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Of course he is. And people are happy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so my main problems are and I hope this makes sense. One is, I completely agree with you, Amanda, the narrative. Having them not talk for two episodes, uh, which in Roswell time is... It's like a month, the least. M- month, yeah, weeks if not months. Then they don't, they, they don't have an actual conversation. And now they're all in love, which I'm not saying that I don't want Michael or Maria to be happy and I don't want them to be happy together. Um, I do think that it's positive that Michael is learning to be in a relationship. Of course. But it has to make sense narratively. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, as of now. Also, apparently now they have this open communication Ugh. relationship and she knows stuff. Again, totally fine. We just never saw it. Um, and I'm not saying that you can... I mean, okay, here's the thing. You can absolutely... You show don't tell with minor things. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, a character getting from one place to another without a car. And it's like, whatever. Maybe they gave them a lift. Whatever. You cannot use show don't tell. Tell don't show. With major plot points or relationships and developments that you want people to care about. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. So that's one thing. The other thing, and this is where I hope I make sense, is I am I am going to bring up Malik's shocker. But what I feel deeper and deeper as time goes on is that they have this 
dichotomy between Mayluka and Malik's. And Mayluka being the good, the better thing, and Malik's being the, the traumatic thing. Now, that wouldn't be a problem if we saw any other example of same-sex relationships on the show. So I'm saying now it might change with, you know, as seen Alex and Forrest, if Isabel gets in a relationship with a woman, it might change. But as of now, this Malex is the only example of same-sex relationship on the show. And it's Michael's only relationship with a man. So as time goes on and you don't resolve Malex's trauma, and as a side note, what it feels like they're doing is they're taking one step forward and 14 steps back mm -hmm. every single time. What it feels like you're doing is saying man-woman-ship good, man-man-ship bad. At least to me. I don't know. To other people, it might not feel like this. Well, and it's also, I think the thing that bugs me is that the problem since day one with Michael and Alex has always been communication, right? It's taken, mm -hmm. they never really seem to be on the same page. It takes, it's taken them each some time to talk about what happened or giving details or having these discussions. So what's irritating to me is that all of a sudden Michael and Maria have that communication. We just never see it. So mm -hmm. Michael's able to communicate with Maria and not Alex, which is totally fine. Maria's not necessarily tied with some trauma the way that Alex is. Sure. But I, if, that leaves me fuming at the end of it because it's then you're saying Michael's capable of communication, but clearly the denominator that, you know, Alex isn't. I don't know. Which I know is not what they're trying to say, but it feels like mm -hmm. if you're going to have Michael hesitant to communicate, then it feels like it should be with everyone about this. Like, why all of a sudden is the exception? Yeah. Now, there are shippers who will say it's because Michael and Maria are in love, and that's a more communicative, open relationship. And maybe that is true to an extent. But it just, that's why this whole episode felt out of character of Michael. Because the Michael we've seen now for 19 episodes up until now has been one way. And then all of a sudden in this episode, he's a completely different way. He's, he's opposite as he, he's ever been. So what do you expect me to believe? The 19 episodes we've had or just this one? Yeah. And I mean, and also, I mean, there was a beginning of that, of him wanting to be open with Maria when, right. you know, when he wanted to tell her about the alien thing and he didn't right. get to. Um, but we never saw that. We never saw that conversation. Um, just as it is with the stuff about his mom, we know that he shared, like, we did see some stuff. He shared some stuff with her when she was looking for her mom and everything. But she knows about Caulfield as well. That's what feels like, this feels like it should have been a conversation that we saw and we didn't. I generally, like, this episode generally felt to me, for the Mayluka part at least, like I've, I'd miss an episode or I miss a scene. Mm -hmm. Agree. Um, one thing I do want to talk about because it, it bugged me um, is Maria, after everything, after she and Michael have gone back and forth and then they didn't speak for weeks and then she, you know, kind of used the threesome to get Michael to, to choose and he chose her or whatever. They seem to be in love or whatever. Mm. She's still refusing to apparently call them a couple, call Michael her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And knowing the kind of self-worth issues that Michael has to be be caring about this person the way that he does and have her, you know, he has to keep telling her, oh, yeah, I know that we're not, you know, right. I'm, you're not my girl or whatever. Well, like, that's hurtful as a Michael I think I, I'm going to defend Maria a little bit here. Um, first of all, no grown man should ever call a woman girl. Yeah. 100% loved that, that he walked that back. Don't call me a girl. She's almost 30. Um, two, if we can let, if for me, if I can let go of some of the sort of bitterness from last episode and look at it from Maria's standpoint, right? After knowing Michael for as long as she's known him. She's only known him to be a fuck up, a drunk, 
someone who isn't very communicative, who isn't, you know, probably developed a friendship, but we can imagine what Michael's been like in the last 10 years. I mean, we've gotten a good glimpse of that. So I think that it's kind of normal maybe to that. Whereas Michael may be ready to give, to be a little bit more vulnerable than he's ever been. Maria still has to get used to this Michael that she's not used to. This is a lot. Um, this is also the Michael that kissed another woman in front of her. This is the Michael who she listened to the conversation he had with Alex. And clearly he and Alex still have feelings for one another. So I'm trying to get in the mindset of maybe she's not totally there because she still has reservations yeah. for the Michael that she's known. Yeah, is my that, assumption. that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, th- I think maybe I wouldn't feel I think maybe I wouldn't feel that way about the whole thing. If we'd had a scene where they actually discussed where they are in a relationship after the threesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. We shouldn't have to extrapolate any of this. And this is just me from my own brain. But we shouldn't have to do any of that, right? Like, it should be... It's the CW. <laughs> and it should be it just in, in general how narrative works. That should have been explained to us or hinted at. Mm-hmm. This is just my mm-hmm. assumption. Trying to understand. Because if I don't try to understand it, that I'm always going to be very confused when they're on screen together Mm because none of it's going to make any sense Mm -hmm. so that's my assumption Mm -hmm. yeah um i i think i i am definitely intrigued by the backstory we got on maria and and the the connection they their family has had because i feel like that's going to be the key to their relationship is the more they dig up or the more michael looks to find out, you know, how they're intertwined. I think that's going to be super interesting. I love that we're finally getting some Maria backstory because... That's what... And that's what we want, right? Yeah. I, mean, I have been waiting a season and a half for them to give me something about Maria to genuinely care about other than the fact that she's a good friend. Right. So we're finally getting into kind of Maria's... Um, abilities, her illness, I guess, and her mom and her grandmother and these visions. Um... I'm really excited that we're we're finally getting something for her. Yeah. I adore that part of the episode. Um, one, because I like being right. And I've been here, sitting here since like the finale saying, it's about Project Shepard, <laughs> which, yeah, I'm right. Right. Um, which makes sense. I mean, they had, you know, little clues about it. Um, it's interesting that it's not Mimi, but her grandmother. So it's kind of passed down illness or something like that which i'll be interested to see the to see the science behind that <laughs> like i'll be interested to see how that really yeah. works with yeah. being mm-hmm. clearly something to do with aliens but then has turned into this sort of genetic thing yeah um i it did leave me a little confused over the psychic powers versus illness versus what she calls superpowers because mm-hmm. just like she, she, she already knew she was psychic. Mm-hmm. This isn't so new. That right. left me, you know, a bit. Somebody on Tumblr pointed out that um, the last couple episodes she hasn't been wearing that necklace. Mm-hmm. That's like, true. Since she gave it to her mom. Yeah. And so that may have allowed her abilities to kind of expand to the yeah. point where now she's having the vision. Absolutely. So. Which makes, I mean, it makes sense because I would imagine that that necklace was there to like keep it in check or to, you know, it's going to sort of mute all of those abilities. Um, you know, I want to see some, like if we're going to do some more flashbacks or whatever, that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see Maria's history in a flashback mm-hmm. or her family. Um, that's far more intriguing to me. Cause I think, especially seeing how it ties together with the aliens we have now. Yeah. Um, I also did like when she pointed out, like it's not, out of the word to imagine black people being experimented on oh yeah um, in, in, at her grandmother's time um it did kind of didn't connect with the, the end of the episode when she was like oh i have superpowers i'm gonna like maybe i can look at it some a different way but it feels to me like that is going to you know explode a little bit in her face um and it's something I probably she'll tell she's telling herself maybe to calm herself down a little bit. Um, right. Which I think is kind of normal that we've seen we've seen so many times where the aliens get sort of drunk on this power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
um, or, you know, this sort of new abilities um, that I'm sure it's exhilarating when you finally figure out, like, there's something different about you and what it means. Um, you know, I'm sure that we're going to get some of that with Rosa eventually, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Just sort of over um, estimating their abilities or, or sort of not really putting themselves in check, which I think will be interesting. I loved the inclusion of talking about this country's history of experimenting on black people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the saddest out of a whole slew of very sad things that have happened in this country's history. That is one of the saddest. Um, I don't know if either of you have read the book about Henrietta Lacks. Um, it is something that if you read it, it stays with you forever. You can never, you can never forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that part of it, especially that given how Maria has talked about her, you know, blackness mm-hmm. in other episodes and her otherness and how she's felt in that town, again, is a very nice mirror with um, the aliens being worried about experimentation on their yeah. bodies. Of course, very, very different. But um, I do sort of like that exploration of the limits of science and then, you know, on bodies and what and, and what that means. So I hope that that's mm-hmm. brought up again. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I, I've had down in my notes that I liked, um, which doesn't necessarily tie in with the head cannons that I had, but I did like that she said that she bought the wild pony. Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like for me, I always thought that she just inherited it. The, the the bar from from her mom that it was her mom's bar um and i feel like her buying it um instead of just getting it from her mom um gives her more agency because i think one of the air quote issues that i've seen some people have is that maria was kind of the one left behind um in high school um, she got stuck in in Roswell in a lot of ways, and I feel like her getting the bar from her mom kind of played into that um, idea mm-hmm. of her, this idea that she that she had to stay. Yeah, exactly. Um, versus her actually buying it, giving her more agency, and making her into even more of a businesswoman than what we already saw. So I did like that detail. Yeah. Also, um, it's. That's a one. That's one thing. It's so interesting about this show is when did it become such a bad thing to stay where you were born and raised? I, I don't know. You know, we've had multiple sort of like little digs at it coming up a few times. Um, I don't know where that came from. Like just because you're from somewhere and you decide to stay your whole life doesn't mean you know is is it sort of a negative thing? Like I'm back where I was born and I th- I'm okay with that. I think that's you know that's home. Yeah. So I do like it for that, that she didn't just, that she made the choice to stay in Roswell. Now, it may be connected with her mom, and there may be reasons like that why she didn't leave. It may be, I think it was probably partly a connection to Rosa, too, that kept her in Roswell. Mm -hmm. But that she made that conscious decision to say, this is home, even though I've had problems here, even though there were times, like she said before, where it felt like we were the only black people, you know. Um, I do like that attachment to your hometown because um, I feel that very deeply. Yeah. And I think that that's a, I, I, mm-hmm. I, that's my favorite part of her buying the bar. Like that she wanted, for whatever reason, to stay in Roswell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about are the pod squad scenes. Uh, the scene at the Wild Pony, I really do like these scenes where they're just kind of together yeah. and it's not it's not super dramatic it's not super angsty they're just kind they're friends i mean they're I, siblings I, they're siblings i liked it um i love isabel's uh, uh, just absolute disregard of their comfort and just being like <laughs> talking about her own sex life and like what she that's one of my favorite isabel traits like she gives no fucks yeah um, and she's just like, here's detail you don't ever want about me, but I'm going to give it because these yeah. are the people. Let me tell like, you about Blair's thoughtful man. Right. Yeah. Like she does not. <laughs> I mean, these are her people. She's going to talk about whatever she wants to talk about. And I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's Michael being supportive is 
I didn't think he, I never thought he wouldn't be. I mean, why why would he be? This this solidarity between them was was so good. Yeah, queer solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> um, just that. I'm happy. I'm happy for you, because you could tell like the way that Flamis acted that with the sort of nod and like oh, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> like I don't really know what to say to this, but I am glad that you're happy because she's been miserable for so long, um, with no great resolution to the abortion Noah stuff for her Mm -hmm. but lots of misery so I'm happy to see her happy Mm -hmm. yeah no it was nice to see her kind of just fun and a little lighthearted, and you know it was both of them Michael too it was nice to see him just kind of have fun of course no matter issues with my Luca aside Michael smiling is never going to be a bad thing I mean Mm -hmm. I you know I want of course I want to see that yeah, and he was, um, I think his reaction was perfect because he was clearly happy and supportive, but also that feeling of, I do not want to know this much information about my sister's sex life. <laughs> do not tell me. No, um, I, my favorite thing is that the thing that was running through my mind when they like cheers at the end, it was like, lesbian, like, hey, man, queer sex is great. Michael's <laughs> like, right? Like, I, right? And just sort of like a, a, acknowledging that moment of like, you know, Max is just sitting there being like straight John Wayne and they're just like, yeah, like queerness. It's fantastic. And I love that. It couldn't have gone any better. <laughs> yeah. Also, I might have been the one like overanalyzing this, but Michael looks like he knows about Roswell's gay bar. So I'm just saying he's been there before. Oh, I know. Absolutely. I don't think the fact that he said it was such casual... Oh, yeah, like he's, I know we've never seen Michael with anyone other than, with a man other than Alex, Mm -hmm. but like, you are not getting me to believe that for a second. Now, Alex may be his only substantial relationship with a man Mm -hmm. at any point, but there is a 0% chance that he has never gone to that gay bar Mm -hmm. and gotten dick down. There's no (laughs) chance. Like, of course he has. Good for you. Cheers, Michael. Good for you. Um, briefly, we do want to talk about this because it got discussed on Tumblr. Uh, you know, we've all kind of had thoughts at, at one point or another about the aliens and, you know, their sexuality. And we've, now we've got two pretty much canonically queer aliens, mm-hmm. um, with Michael and Isabel. Uh, and there was some discussion about Max being queer and specifically his response to Isabel's suggestion that he write, you know, ride a cowboy. Um, which I mean, I, yeah, yeah, Max, let's do it. Um, and his kind of, you know, apathetic response. And it was more that he just wasn't listening. Of course it was. Um, he didn't, I mean, he said, you know? <laughs> it was so distracted. He doesn't, he has, he doesn't listen yeah. to these discussions. He doesn't, uh-huh. no, I mean, that's, I don't, and I don't think that's a conscious choice on anyone's part, but Max has now ignored Isabel's talk about his sexuality, her sexuality a couple of times. He, M- Michael's kind of tried but now though he's ignored Isabel twice but if Max is Noah or Max just isn't Max right 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 exactly so I mean that could be very well be it yeah that will make sense yeah um I did want to say briefly just because I thought it was a really cute moment when Isabel was spray painting at the crash down with Rosa and she wrote in pod we trust in big bold letters I just I love Isabel I thought that was really cute um I think it's going to be very heartbreaking if we discover that Max is not really Max mm-hmm. and mostly on Isabel and Michael too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and Max had that weird coma discussion. Um, but, you know, especially if that ever, if it does come out that Max mm-hmm. isn't Max, I think mm-hmm. not that Isabel needs any more trauma, but I think that to me, that felt like a big hint of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we should, if we should do that. Cause we don't really know what's the out that what the fallout from Max is going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did like that um, the last scene that she had with Michael. Look, my whole life I've played Stepford wife because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. But I need to understand myself now. I need to know where I'm from. And if I don't know who my biological parents are, how am I ever going to know who I really am? What are you saying, Is? I know that we said we shouldn't look into the past, but... It keeps pulling you back. Me too. I spent my whole life thinking I'd uh, build a ship and blast off into the ether, and then uh, the minute I decide to leave that all behind. 
and focus on this, this good thing in front of me. I'm sucked back in. Maria's family was experimented on at Caulfield. I need to find out more. So I can find a cure for her illness. Oh, yeah. Um, that I have this kind of discussion of, I want to learn more. Like, here you have kind of the tables turn, you know, because Isabel is now the one that wants to learn about their history. Um, and kind of Michael is like, mm, I just, I, I learned too much. And now it's kind of, I'm not sure that I wanted to know that much. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of, you know, pulled back in and I'm not sure that I want to be. But I feel, I feel like that finally kind of Isabel is at, the, at that point, you know, that where she's like, she's taking these steps, steps to actually choose things for herself, which we've, we've seen with her sexuality and with her, now with her history. I think that's important um, for Isabel's character to have. Right. Well, and I think she's realizing that keeping your head in the sand is not always going to work for you. I mean, look what it did with with Noah and then for the last 10 years and just sort of ignoring things. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not going to bode well for you. And I think she's finally, I think, I think Isabel is at the end of the day, she's just sort of growing up mm-hmm. in a way that I don't know that she's been sort of allowed to do because of her attachment with Noah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I... I'm excited to, to see her want to learn about things um, because I'm all for the aliens embracing their alien side more, more and more. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is our recap for episode seven. Uh, we will be back next week to discuss episode eight. Um, until then you guys can reach out to us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We love hearing your comments and thoughts And uh, don't forget to check out notthatcomplicated.net. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks.